This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Siobhan Moran-McFarlane. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday 10th of October. In your Squiz today, a bridge too far for Russia, New South Wales is back underwater, Ricardo is left without a ride, and kangaroo paws are smoothing out our wrinkles. This is your Squiz today. Claire, it seems there's been another success in Ukraine's bid to push back against Russia as their forces are thought to be behind a blast on Saturday that seriously damaged the Kirsch Strait Bridge, which links the Russian-occupied Crimean Peninsula to their mainland. Reports say that an exploding truck brought down sections of the roadway and damaged a section of the railway as well uh, of that really major transport link that's being used by Russian forces in Ukraine south to get troops and supplies to that area. Uh, And while parts of the bridge reopened within a few hours after the explosion, it's been seen as a major embarrassment for Russian President Vladimir Putin. At 19 kilometres long, it's It's Europe's longest bridge and it was hailed locally as the construction of the century when Putin opened it in 2018 Uh, and that means it's hugely symbolic that it's been attacked. Yes, Russian officials have previously said the bridge was well protected from threats but after the attack on what is also known as Putin's crown jewel, his supporters are now calling for a strong retaliation. And of course, it comes on top of a string of recent Russian battlefield failures uh, and a reshuffle of the top commanders. As those things mount up, some experts are saying that the Ukraine war is causing problems for Putin's regime, unlike anything that it's faced since he's been in power. But what Russian officials say is that it's another sign that Ukraine must be brought to heel uh, and that the blast is, and this is the quote, uh, a testament to its terrorist nature. Also leaning into the symbolic nature of the attack is that it was Putin's 70th birthday on Friday. Ukraine's government hasn't claimed responsibility for the attack, but they did respond with just two words on their official Twitter account in which they wrote, Sick burn. Claire, on Friday we discussed the heavy rain forecast for New South Wales and as expected, torrential downpours on the weekend have left thousands of Aussies both stranded and fleeing their homes as floods returned to several parts of the state. Yeah, there were downpours of 40 to 50 millimetres, which in the old scale is uh, close to or exceeding a couple of inches. Uh, That was recorded across much of the state, although there were heavier falls in some areas. The central west and the Riverina were the worst hit, uh, including those regional cities of Dubbo and Wagga, and coastal areas across the central coast, Sydney, uh, the Illawarra and the Hunter were also really drenched. And yesterday, emergency services said that they'd received 650 calls for help and the Defence Force was brought in uh, to deal with some of those complex evacuations. Uh, And Siobhan, as we head into this week, there's more rain expected for the state uh, when we get to the middle of it. Yes, and that's why Emergency Services Minister Steph Cook warned residents not to become complacent. 
There might be a couple of clear days between now and then, but she said, my message is, please don't be deceived. Also on Friday, Claire, we spoke about the massacre in Thailand at a childcare centre, and now hundreds of people have gathered at temples in the country's northeast to mourn the lives of 24 children aged between two and five who were killed. There were 36 people who were killed in the attack, and reports say that one three-year-old girl survived at the childcare centre. The attacker was 34-year-old Panya Kamrap. He took his own life, and officials have confirmed that he was facing trial for alleged drug use that saw him kicked off the police force last year. His motive remains unknown, uh, but police say that he was under constant stress. Thailand's king had an emotional hospital visit with some of the people that were left wounded in the attack, after which he said he was deeply saddened and that, quote, there are no other words to describe this feeling of an evil incident. A message now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP. To Sport Claire, and there are plenty of F1 experts amongst our Squiz listeners after Drive to Survive became a bit of a favourite on Netflix. And one of its stars, Daniel Ricciardo, is set to miss the 2023 season. Yep, I can put my hand up to being an F1 instant expert after watching that show. And look, Ricardo has been such a big and good-humoured feature on the circuit and they talk about it all the time, about what a, a talent he is. Uh, but it hasn't really been a good period for him in the sport since he transferred to McLaren and in August it was revealed that he'd been dumped for another Aussie, uh, the newcomer Oscar Piastri. Uh, and since then he's been unable to secure a seat with his preferred team. So yesterday, just before the Japanese Grand Prix, uh, he said that it looks unlikely that he'll drive next year. Yes, Ricardo finished 11th in the Japanese Grand Prix, so just out of the points again. He says it's all about sorting himself out for 2024, but there's no need to worry about him financially because with McLaren cancelling his contract a year early, there are suggestions that he could claim millions in compensation. So I think he'll be all right. Claire, Beyonce's music is always a big hit with her hive of followers, but one track on her newest album, Renaissance, has upset 90s British pop band Right Said Fred, who say she's trampled all over their artistic rights. Yeah, it comes down to Queen Bee's track Alien Superstar, uh, which features a riff that's similar to the one in I'm Too Sexy, and Beyonce credited them as songwriters on her track, and her team say that not only did they give their permission, uh, but they were also paid for it. But what Wright said Fred say uh, is that that's not true. Yes, it's all a bit of a mess. Um, But what this story has made me realise is how influential that song, I'm Too Sexy, has been for some of the big artists. Beyonce was the latest to credit it following on from Drake and Taylor Swift. Now, I grew up with a lot of their music in the UK, but this shows the ongoing influence of their one big international hit. (laughs) Not a one-hit wonder after all. No, definitely not. (laughs) 
Claire, in our never-ending pursuit of youth, it seems there is nothing some of us aren't willing to slather on our faces to avoid getting wrinkles. And apparently red kangaroo paw flour is the latest must-have ingredient. Yeah, so a molecular biologist named Marty Short was the first to discover the potential of big red kangaroo paws. Uh, He was screening a series of Australian native plants for their cosmetic applications and apparently it's really great for promoting the production of collagen and elastin. Uh, And now it's being used in more than 30 skincare brands for those anti-wrinkle properties. Yes, I don't have a garden, so I might have to hop down to the garden centre to pick some up. (laughs) That's very droll for a Monday morning, (laughs) Siobhan. (laughs) Squeeze the day, Claire. What are you thinking about today? It's World Porridge Day. So given it's um, pretty bleak where we are with all that rain, uh, I'm definitely up for some porridge this morning. Yeah, me too. I love porridge. It's also World Mental Health Day and here in Australia it's the start of Foot Health Week so it's a good time to think about how we can take better care of ourselves from our head to our toes. That's it from us today. Have a great start to your week and we will catch you again tomorrow. G'day, I'm Kate Watson, co-host of News Club. News Club this week was an interview with Lauren Sams. She's the fashion editor at the Australian Financial Review. She's all over the business of fashion and retail, so I pulled her in to talk to us about fast fashion and ultra-fast fashion. In particular, businesses like Timu and Shein, who in Australia alone are on track to record more than $2 billion in sales. Here's a clip from that conversation. What is happening is that it's recalibrating fashion as a single-use item. Mm. So when you think about something that's 6 or $7, you know, my, I bought coffee this morning and that was $5.50 and that that's a single-use item to me. You know, I, I have my coffee. Like actually is, like you cannot use that twice. No. <laughs> and so when you're talking about a dress yeah. that's sort of an equivalent price, people equate it with something that doesn't need to be valued. Um, you don't need to wear it again. To listen to the full interview, just search for News Club in your podcast app and hit follow.